Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Lior Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for checking us out, uh, making your way to this series. I hope you like what you hear enough to hit the subscribe button uh, because we've got a lot. Three new interviews every single week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or YouTube, where you'll also find the video version of this interview here. I'm Kyle Merritt. Today I'm talking with grandson, yes, Jordan Benjamin, hops on the line, in fact sits down with me over Zoom to discuss his uh, debut full-length, Death of an Optimist. He'll talk about using his voice to make a difference, uh, activism in the post-Trump era, and if his songs change for him going into the uh, new Biden presidency. Uh, we also dive into his generation's desire for instant gratification, uh, making change through his uh, XX Resistance Fund, and also being a multi-genre rocker within the alternative scene. That, that really plays out when he teams up with some very famous folks 
who are quite known for that same thing, Linkin Park's Mike Shinoda and Blink-182's Travis Barker, who also make appearances on this record as well. So let's get into this and discuss the album Death of an Optimist. It's Kyle Meredith with Grandson. Thank you for having me kicking off the year like this. Yeah, congratulations on this. You've got a... Well, Pinocchio would say, you got a real boy. You got a real album here, you know? I know. I guess so. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely a little confusing in these times. But um, so much of the work that was done going into this project was, was on Zoom calls just like this, you know, doing everything virtually and jumping through these technological hoops, trying to make music videos while still um, being, you know, cognizant of the the regulation changing every day it was it was really a, an unbelievable dance to have to navigate putting out an album in this time and when those physical copies arrive in your hand it this relationship to the outside world being so exclusively living in this digital space so that um when i do finally connect with fans um when i do finally hold a copy it, it does hit home we, we really did make an album in the midst of all this. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that it's out and and uh, it feels more relevant than ever. It's always funny to say in, in, in situations like this too, that first album, because you're an artist, you know, it's, it's common practice now that, you know, the lead up to an album, it used to be, that would be your debut, but you know, you've had the EPs, you've had the singles and everything. When you approach these songs, if you knew it was going to be a full length, does that mean you have to change the way you approach the way you write a song? Yeah, to some to some degree, for sure, I was questioning having already put out an EP series um, and put out 15, 20 songs already. You're finally sitting with your debut album. And for me, it was about can I um, make a sort of cohesion to the project that I wouldn't have otherwise had. I think I used these sort of um, singles and, and, and smaller releases as this sort of audition for people's attention. And this album was an opportunity um, to sort of pay back that to to fans that have been here for this whole ride and and take a couple more liberties with it as far as building an introduction and an interlude, having the songs all touch on the same theme of, of hope and optimism in 2020. Um, you know, and it's and we battled back and forth with how does taking these creative and artistic liberties impact the algorithm at large? You know, with these EPs I was dropping, the single was always the first song on the project. We There's no filler, no chase, like let's get to the point and, and grab people's attention as, as tightly as you can because they'll just, you know, move on in 30 seconds. And with this album, for better or worse, I really wanted to challenge that. I really did believe that there is still room to explore broader um, narratives and concepts within an album. And and I've been very, very lucky to accumulate an audience um, over the past couple of years who who do feel fed up, who do feel um, trapped in some ways and are looking for um, a reason to hold on to hope. I've been making music that is very politically driven. For those of you who haven't heard my music, um, it, it touches on themes of activism, but really just a sense of agency in your life. And that that threads between whether it's mental health, um, whether it's voting registration, this concept that you actually are in control of your own destiny and you can make a choice with every day to kind of grab the steering wheel back 
that narrative has been a thread through all of my music. But here I am at three or four years later, um, having been writing music through the age of Trump and, and you're looking out into this very unclear future where you, you can confirm or deny whatever your attitude is about the state of the world right now. You know, we have news about vaccines right around the corner. Um, and we also have, more cases than ever um you know of of coronavirus you have uh, a, a historic election with an unprecedented voter turnout um for both candidates you know and so i started finding myself really interested in um the sort of silos that we exist within confirming our own biases about the world at large and whether we hold on to hope and that was what i wanted to explore with this album i didn't want to just make this um like appetizer charcuterie board of music the way that i had with uh with these eps obviously hope and and how you're approaching it i mean that's that's one of the most important things i think people could get from from music right now i think that's what every artist is hoping for that people get from from music you know and and I'll even pull into a song here because uh, the first single from the album, uh, "Dirty." I mean, it feels like a call to arms. If I'm if I'm hearing that I I in that way, but but hearing you talk about this, like it sounds like it's purposeful. Like when you go into it, you know, some songwriters, you sort of just fiddle around till something happens and you figure out what the song's about afterwards. You know, I think that's how it happens for a lot. But it sounds like you go into these thinking, "This is my direction." Is is that right? Yeah, it, it it does depend. I mean, everyone's different, you know, and and there's no there's no um, Hippocratic oath that an artist takes when they start putting out music to um, be responsible to anybody or to anything but their own expression. And there have been times where I've struggled with that, looking around, going like, "Isn't if not now, then when will you use your platform? When will you use your voice? And and what impact do I want to have on people when they're?" Um, if, if I've made it into somebody's zeitgeist, if I've made it into somebody's reality, when you're sitting there aimlessly scrolling on Twitter while you're taking a shit or something, and you come across my, you know, tweet of the day, how is that thing going to make you feel? What overall feeling am I contributing to? And so um, I started trying to think really critically about how to engage people and how to make these things that I think are really uh, exciting and kind of badass this this coming to a head we have of trying to um make america a place that has more opportunity for more people and that there's more accountability and transparency in how we govern how we look after one another those things deserve a soundtrack those things are worth fighting for and i don't really know exactly what the right um appeal is to help people understand that so while a lot of my music is really angry a song like um dirty was really actually trying to appeal to our compassion for one another and if not for your own benefit if not for your own interests why not fight for the person next to you who might otherwise um be silenced and it was definitely a, a switching of gears in some ways to, to make music that is angry and then dial back the tone but keep the same messaging you know once i had the theme of the album the the songs actually fell into place it was it was kind of like a domino effect where especially in these times with the lockdown and, and everything it's it's hard to have a sense of direction it's hard to have a sense of purpose and um creatively when i do have a, a concept or or um 
a subject that is exciting for me, then I can't shut up. I, I have plenty to say about it. It's it's actually wading through the waters in search of some broader theme that's going to connect these different ideas. Because otherwise, it just feels kind of kind of aimless. And I had written uh, a debut album um, uh, last year in 2019 that just didn't. I, I didn't feel comfortable putting out because it didn't have that concept. It didn't have that broader theme. It just felt like um, I was just going into um, different uh, creative writing, you know, sessions on my in-between album stops. And, and I wanted to take the time to really figure out, well, again, what is it that I want to say? What is the dominant themes I want to leave people with? And uh, we ended up with Death of an Optimist. Like we know what activism, of course, has looked like the past four years, um, more heightened than any other time in, in, in my life. Do you see that that changes after the inauguration? Does, act, do, does the type of activism that we're doing get to be something different? Like, I, I'm, I think I'm drawing back on that hope thing that you were talking about earlier. It depends on is anything going to realistically change? Right. You know, you've seen this broad appeal to Latino voters, to, um, you know, the, the topics of social justice in America, the topics of um, a, a revolution of clean energy and, and looking after the planet and, and the sick that was what was promised to galvanize this this unprecedented coalition of of voters and um inevitably not all of the things that were promised are going to happen on day one but it is about accountability it is about being a marathon not a sprint i i remember going into the primaries i was very vocal um in in endorsing bernie sanders and and doing campaign rallies for uh, the Sanders campaign and and uh, when they did their first um, online sort of briefing of of the coronavirus, I got asked to to play a couple songs for it, and it was really cool. And and I hard time reconciling this feeling like we could be on the precipice of uh, you know a completely different America to uh you know vice president joe biden being a candidate a, a lot of young people were turned off by that but somebody um really important to me reminded me that that politics is more like public transit you know it's not always going to get you to the front door of where you're trying to go but you elect the person that's going to get you closest and that's what progress looks like and it's hard to navigate um, my generation's desire for instant gratification like i'm not above any of that i too expect things to happen very quickly and in such a way that i can tweet about it or make a video on tiktok that's going to go viral and it's hard to like piece together how much to be patient how much to um trust that change is uh, it, it, it is expansive you look over the course of time and there is this seemingly linear trajectory towards progress. But when you zoom in, there is many spikes and peaks and valleys along the way. So as far as what activism or, or, or what any of our work over the past four years will look like, um, it depends on the trust that we have that the people in charge have not forgotten the promises they made to us. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I, I always talk about change being 
like driving a cruise ship instead of a speedboat. You know, it takes a long time to turn that wheel, but you're turning the wheel. And that's like, and, and, and I'll go back to your songs too on this, because here are these songs that obviously you did write in the era of Trump. Do the songs then, you know, and I ask in the same way that we're talking about activism, do the songs get to say something different now that we're going into the Biden area uh, era? Yeah, I mean, I think different people can, can um, hopefully derive different meaning and significance from the songs. They were absolutely written um, in a time of frustration and in a really personal crossroads for me of you know, I've been writing about change being right around the corner for my entire career. And am I going to keep going and, and preaching these messages when, when I feel low, when I feel discouraged by the lack of progress, by our inability to hold accountable when um, things are seemingly so sacrosanct and they're assaulted, you know, like any given day, whenever you're going to be listening to this, there is something in the news headlines that feels eerie. It feels unprecedented. And it feels like these are the very things we said we would, you know, that this was the line we would draw. And the more that that line keeps inching backwards, I was finding myself on tour um, being this kind of like caravan of progress I was having, I was really struggling with it. And um, I remember going into the uh, election in Texas and endorsing Beto O'Rourke against Senator Ted Cruz and, and being very vocal about that and, and living on Twitter in, in, in this um, echo chamber where everyone agrees with me, you know, I'm walking into this thing, absolutely convinced that the change is right around the corner and that, of course, this is going to change and, and it didn't, you know, it didn't go our way. And um, you're left having to pick up the pieces and, and refocus your efforts and, and keep moving forward. And uh, I do think that some of these songs will absolutely change in context. And, and hopefully I will have less to stomp up and down on stage about. But knowing America, there will, you know, the, the different ways that we can do this gymnastics to, to disenfranchise people, to... Um, and to antagonize and, and, and rile up, there is still this huge problem we have of um, division in this country that we will not fix by by removing Trump from office. Seventy million people have voted for him, many of whom may be listening. You know, you, living in Louisville, Kentucky, I'm sure you can understand. Like a lot of these people have concerns that are not being heard, and and they are expressing themselves in the only way they know how. And there's a lot of human emotion at the at the end of this. So while my music is very politicized and tries to um, be reflective of a reflection of the times that we're in, you know, I also um, think that there are like threads of our fear um, and of temptation and and greed and and those things are as old as time. Those will continue like like waves in the ocean to just you know, ebb and flow, they're going to keep coming back. So it's really just about how we um, learn from the last four years and can we stay engaged um, and find ways to, to make time for your mental health, take a break, but, but don't completely abandon the cause and, and the progress because th these, these problems aren't going anywhere. And um, that's what rock and roll is all about to me. That's what it's about. It's it's about making noise. It's about being rebellious. It's about being counterculture. And and we have to be vigilant. You know, you have to stay mad um, to some degree. 
And you do, you take that further than the songs itself. I mean, uh, tell us about the uh, the XX Resistance Fund. Sure. Um, so basically, the way that the XX Resistance Fund works is um, over the course of my career, um, I, I've been very fortunate to be linked up with activists and, and organizers for all kinds of programs and, and, and nonprofit organizations. And at different times, we will um, auction off or raffle off memorabilia from, from tour, from, from music videos, um, meet and greet opportunities. I'm taking the different components of being a traveling musician or whatever and trying to raise a bit of money for, um, for charities out there that need it. And, and much more than, you know, we were able to raise over $10,000 last year through this album cycle for causes like Music Hairs, which is um, part of the Grammy Fund supporting musicians and, and crew members that are out of work right now or um, raising money for the Colin Kaepernick Know Your Rights Camp and their COVID-19 fund. But more than the um, impact we can make financially, it's it's about demystifying the process of getting involved. It's about showing people, I actually don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm looking out into the world. I'm, I'm hearing what fans are struggling with. I'm hearing what they are feel is important that's being overlooked by society. And I'm trying to show I can do something for it. You know, I'm not, this is what I do. I write songs. I go play them for people. I do, you know, I have conversations about the things that are affecting me and my generation. How can I build into that a way of giving back and, and making sure that we're not just talking about it, you know, because the way that social media has made everyone feel like we are players on a stage and that we have this big audience to take this stand and, and it's actually not doing enough in the real world, the app, the actual practical applications of um, having an opinion, uh, they don't go very far if you're not substantiating it with work. So um, that's really what it, what the XX resistance fund is about. It's about showing people, um, you know, because when I was on tour, when I was building in conversations with local organizers in each tour stop, they're kids a lot of the time. A lot of the time it is people in their in their early 20s, you know, even teenagers that are um, that feel passionately about anything from um, LGBTQ rights with the Ally Coalition or climate change with the Sunrise Movement, March for Our Lives with gun violence, you know, prevention. There are all kinds of ways if you feel strongly about something to help be a part of the solution and not the problem. And that's what my music is about. Again, it's just about empowering people and giving them a sense of agency. And, and you know, the things that are holding you back were actually choices made in the past. They can be eradicated. We can go a different direction, but it's just not going to happen if we're all apathetic about it, if we're ambivalent, if we're sitting at home feeling like, you know, society doesn't care about me. Well, let them not care about me. I'm just going to get high on my couch and and, and allow myself to, to be ostracized and outcasted. It's like, fuck that. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. No, you're but allowed. It, Go it, for it. it. <laughs> you know, like, fuck that. Like, so that's really what, uh, you know, and that's the hardest part about not being able to tour is that when you come to a show, when you come to a grandson show, you are connected with this, you know, community. By being as vocal and outspoken as I am, I'm encouraging people to have an opinion. I'm encouraging them to stand for what they believe in. And 
I recognize my privilege of doing so um, talking to you from Los Angeles, California um, with a Canadian, you know, American background of progressive activists in my family that encouraged me to have these opinions. I understand the consequences for having those opinions in places places like Florida and Wisconsin. Like I, I understand that there's a lot to lose for certain people to just live to just live their truth. Some people you know, risk not talking to their family again, risk violence every single day when they show up at school. And uh, if nowhere else, then I want you to come to this community and feel like you're just allowed to just be, you know, whatever it is that you're trying to be. And I don't think I'm the only artist doing that, but um, we try and, and, and really dial in on the practical applications of this messaging, not just making songs about it. So that's, that's really where my side of, of activism comes from. Um, and, and I look for the intersection of different causes. You know, I think voter registration and participation in democracy is a great way to, to have all kinds of change be made. Um, but you need people turning out to vote. You know, you need people voting, you need people engaged and organized and pissed off. That's the, that's how we're going to change climate change. That's how we're going to change the healthcare system in America. That's how we're going to change gun violence in America. So I look for the different ways that I feel like I can maybe help people and, and inspire some kids to, to try to get out of their comfort zone and, and do something that they think is important. You're doing such amazing, important work. I mean, you know, outside of the music, but, but, you know, through the music, of course, uh, as, as your main platform, um, it's what I love to see from artists. And, and I don't want to paint over the album itself. I know we're talking about some broader scopes here too, but you know, what's going on actually in the songs is impressive in itself. And I, I'll pull it back there musically again. And this goes back to what we're talking about at the beginning. Now you've got an album. We've talked about the lyrical themes. What did you want to accomplish musically on this? Because because there's a lot of different sounds. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I have a hard time staying in one, staying in one lane. Clearly, I have a hard time staying on one topic when I'm in a conversation. So uh, the music sounds like a reflection of my like ADD and my difficulty um, staying in one place. I really wanted to dial in on the sound that I've already spent my career navigating, which is the intersection of electronic music, rock music, and hip hop. Like those are the three genres of music that I was particularly influenced by, inspired by. It's easy to just put what I do um, and and what I do with my collaborators in the umbrella of alternative music. Um, but different songs sit at different points in that Venn diagram of those three different genres. So certain songs um, are are more rock driven, more guitar riff oriented, but we'll still experiment with. Um, electronic drum production or synthetic textures sprinkled throughout the song. Um, other songs, I'm doing more rapping. It is more hip hop. Um, and still there'll be some sort of uh, bluesy or, or, or kind of darker riff. And, and a lot of them kind of build up to like a cacophonous kind of explosion, this cathartic moment that, that I think electronic music really inspired me for the, the movement in, in an, in a house song, in, in a trap song, like um, there's there's a lot of dynamics. It gets really, really small, builds up really, really big. And I always loved that. It's very cinematic to me. And, and so that was what we tried to do with the actual production of the album is not only are we trying to talk about things that are um, at the forefront of, of everybody's attention span, but 
I'm trying to make sure that I'm making rock music that sounds like it's on the forefront of something. I never wanted to to come out here to just do a, a Rage Against the Machine impersonation or something. I always wanted to build in elements. And, you know, I'm part of this first generation of albumless kids. Like I was on LimeWire when I was 12. My older sister's showing me how to download, you know, I'm getting viruses on my dad's computer and you know, that was the generation that I grew up in. There was a search bar and whatever you wanted to find, you could find it. And so I wasn't really listening to albums in their entirety, you know, until later in life, I was listening to a song here, a song there. And so um, I think when you look at kids today, you look at the accessibility of music, you look at the, uh, you know, how eclectic uh, a festival lineup could be in 2021. I want music that reflects that instead of pigeonholing myself in in anyone like genre or, or lane or something well you you I, i'll bring up a couple famous friends as part of this record too because uh you team up with uh with mike shinoda from uh from lincoln park you've got uh, travis barker blink 182 both of these who come from you know uh this they, they both came to prominence in their career around the same era we're talking about they were right at the end of the 90s really early 2000s and, and, you know, we're doing similar things, uh, different sounds, but similar, you know, um, routes, I guess. Was there something about that era that, that spoke to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, if, if anyone here hasn't listened to the, the album, there's a song on there called We Did It. Uh, it's like a very sarcastic take on, you know, doing the bare minimum on social media and patting yourself on the back and, and, and going to bed thinking you yeah, a job well done. Um, I, I was very much inspired by uh, artists like Linkin Park, Blink-182, System of a Down, Rage Against the Machine, and, and Marilyn Manson, Eminem, Nirvana. Like I, I loved the 90s, and I, it was such a confused time, you know, getting chewed up and spit out on the other side of, of Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush, and there was so much opulence you know america was at its most um like indulgent you know like clinton it was just skyscrapers and and the tech boom and there's just money being printed and this pre-9-11 era these artists were the they were really the, the the ones that were warning people there was a darkness in the music there's a sarcasm and the way that the events like columbine and 9-11 shaped america and and really shattered this this illusion that that we were just the pinnacle of you know human progress and that you know we lived happily ever after those things absolutely i was i was just a kid at, at that time but um the artists that were making music then were very much around me because i was the youngest i had older siblings and i think we're living through something very similar now you know i think that not much has changed um, when you look at, we're, we're still living in wars that, that started back then, you know, the, that, that's a reality. The Afghanistan occupation by America is like old enough to drive a car and shotgun a beer at this point. So yeah, absolutely. I drew inspiration from, from that time. And, and I was very, very lucky that, you know, I was able to pull some, some favors at my label and get them to give me an afternoon of their time. And, and I was able to ask, ask Travis and ask Mike what it was like growing up in that time what it's like making music now and uh i absolutely think that while my music might be a little hard to put in a box for some listeners it very much plays off of you know it is 
it is just another um i just carried the baton from artists like a wall nation you know lincoln park uh, system of a down nine inch nails like there's there's been artists at the intersection of of different genres in rock music before and there's lots of artists doing it right now i think in in really cool and exciting ways like ghost main and and uh jpeg mafia like there's all kinds of cool um progressive industrial rock hip-hop electronic whatever so that's 2021 for you you know it's all over the place the concepts are kind of you got to sit with and so is the production of the album but but somehow we've found this community of people that that were looking for this particular intersection of of sounds that were looking for these themes to finally be reflected back at them that we were already feeling i'm just trying to you know put it on put it on wax for your headphones well you do a great job uh jordan i, I can't compliment you enough on a uh, death of an optimist this new grandson record uh, you, the sounds you're making, the stuff you're talking about, and, and especially the stuff you're doing outside of the music, it's so important. Congratulations on this. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you about it. Kyle, thank you, man. Thank you for your time, and, and Happy New Year. Let's go get it. And my thanks to Grandson. Again, the brand new record is called Death of an Optimist. Thanks to you for checking out the series. Uh, before you get out again, I do hope you hit that subscribe button, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or YouTube, again, where the video version of this interview lies as well. Then after that head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday. Starts at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's a song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along there as well. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Feels like I'm like on an episode of Bridgerton or something, but... It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.